Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Quiet Divorce. I'm Jackie, and thank you so much for tuning in with me. So we have all heard the classic saying, which is to forgive and forget, right? What do you think of ladies when you hear the word forgive? You might think you have to forgive and forget to move on. That you haven't truly moved on from a relationship or from someone if you can't forgive and forget, right? Well, I only believe that to be partly true. Now, allow me to explain. We left off last week with a few thoughts I had on forgiving. And who did I have to forgive? Well, it all starts with us ladies, you and me. I had to forgive myself for not asking all the needed questions. Forgive myself for letting his drinking overtake our marriage and forgive myself for not being able to keep our family together. Those three sentences haunted me for many, many, many months. And that's the hardest person to forgive, guys, yourself. You see, when it came to my separation, learning the truth about my marriage and of my ex-husband's lies, then coming to the full realization that my relationship was ending, and for what? A house? A deed? A lie he simply told for too long? I mean, your first instinct is to blame. Blame others for what had happened, him and his family. And believe me, I had every reason to. But as much as I do blame him for every single mistake he made, I am to blame for my end of that as well. Now, you might be thinking, But he lied to you, Jackie, and kicked you out into the streets. Yes, yes he did. And with no regrets or apologies, might I add. But remember, ladies, people can only hurt or lie to you if you let them. For my particular situation, I didn't ask to see the deed to the house, but I should have. I should have done my due diligence instead of allowing him to deceive me because I wasn't looking out for myself or my best interests. I assumed he would do it for me as my husband. But I have now learned one should never assume. Never ever assume, right? But, and here is the big but, the biggest difference between then and now is he cannot, cannot lie or hurt me anymore because I made the decision. I made the choice that he no longer deserves to. And I simply will not allow it. This is the first step to healing, ladies. Acknowledge your part in it, big or small, and forgive yourself for it. And hopefully not repeat the same mistake. Only when you forgive yourself for all your mistakes, big or small, Can you truly move on and accept what will come towards you afterwards? Whether it's new love, independence, or even a marriage with another person one day. I know some people say, I'm never gonna get married again. Totally your decision, I respect that. But remember, don't let your divorce from one person keep you from finding and marrying another person that's simply better suited for you. That's the key. Find someone that's better suited for you. 
And if you accept your mistakes from the last relationship, you simply will not repeat it in the next one. Now, let's talk about the forget part. I do not believe you have to forget to move on. I will always remember what my ex-husband did. To me, the lies, the betrayal. I mean, you can't really forget about something like that, so why even try? Instead, use that knowledge as power. Power to never let anyone hurt you again. And the power to know the difference if they try. I can honestly say I will not forget any of what happened to me. But in many ways, I thank my ex for showing me who he really is. I slowly started to realize all these important milestones on my weeks I didn't have my boys. And with each coming week, I felt better and better and better. I can only wish that my ex will learn and grow one day to be a more whole and better person in the future. But as of present day, he still blames me for the divorce. And since I chose divorce, then I will get all that comes with it. Or so he says. I'm not really sure why he thinks I'm the one to blame for everything. But I guess that's what a narcissist will do. Find a way, any way, to blame you for their crimes. And you know what else I realized? It wasn't just him. But his whole family had narcissistic tendencies. My ex-mother-in-law in particular was the worst. And the only thing I really believe that she taught her kids was to never take blame for anything. It has now been a week that I have been in my new house. I was sleeping on the couch every night, binge watching friends and just allowing myself to do nothing, to feel nothing. It was very therapeutic and healing. I recommend it to anyone. But then that wore off after a week. I started to feel restless and needed to figure out my next steps, my job search, and just how to regain my life back. I decided to start unpacking and setting up my new home for my kids to arrive next week. I wasn't very good at building anything, so I had to call in for help. And who did I call? You guessed it, my ex's cousin. He helped me with pretty much everything, setting up my TV, building my coffee table, and table and bed frame. I was lucky he was so handy. My ex couldn't even change a flat tire, my gosh. And then after a long day of building, I decided that taking him to dinner as a thank you was the very least that I could do. We went to this amazing Japanese restaurant that had the most delicious ramen and yakitori. It was so nice to sit down and just enjoy a meal together. I tried to steer from the topic of his family, but I ended up asking him, are you okay? How is your family gonna react to your dismissal of their orders not to talk to me? I was very concerned, but he assured me that it would be okay and that he could never turn his back on a friend. We've known each other for so long and you simply do not do that to the people you care about. He was still in utter disbelief and shock of his cousin's crimes and how the entire family could support it, even his own parents. It was very hard seeing him on this island all alone against their wishes, but he also didn't believe in nor did he want to support this crazy cultural way of handling divorce, meaning 
family isn't all about blood and you cannot treat people like this simply because they are not related to you. So we decided we would look out for each other and take care of one another during this super crazy time. We made a pact and it felt like I had a friend again, someone I could count on and I wasn't so alone. You know, it's funny, crazy even, how the person you thought would protect and keep you safe isn't the person you expected him to be. On another note, he encouraged me to reach out to some of our mutual friends' wives and meet up for coffee or dinner. Maybe just to get another perspective, a female perspective. I guess I was worried that they would take my ex's side as those were his friends' wives and not mine. But I decided to take a leap, take his advice, and invite them over to my new place. I sent a text message out that night to see who was available, and before I knew it, I had eight friends coming over for a get-together in a couple weeks. It was perfect timing. It gave me time to get my house ready, and I had to make sure it was the week I didn't have my boys. I was actually getting excited. I was a bit surprised they were willing to come over, but I was just more thankful of the show of support. Tonight was the night, and they were all arriving very soon. I was getting kind of nervous, feeling anxious to talk about my pending divorce. I guess I just wasn't ready for the judgment yet. Not sure what they were really thinking. But it was happening, so I had to get myself ready. I also thought maybe they were just curious to get to know the details, as we were the last couple out of the group of friends that they ever thought would get divorced. But things happen, and in my experience, it is always the ones you least expect, right? (laughs) I guess I should have seen that one coming then. They all arrived together, and we immediately sat down with our plates of cheese, crackers, and wine. I simply started at the beginning with my cousin-in-law's passing and gave them all the intimate details of how everything unfolded from there. And as I was telling the story, some of them seemed surprised, and yet some of them didn't. It was like they were in disbelief that my ex could or would do something like this. Why? Because he had such a reputation of being so kind, generous, and just the perfect man? I mean, he was picture perfect, I'll agree to that. He was very tall, muscular, had the perfect smile, and just this charm about him, I guess, that was somewhat hard to resist. The night went on and we chatted mainly about the divorce, and they even asked me for any advice I could share with them. So I'll share it with you now. I had three pieces of advice that I would recommend to any woman. Number one, always be the one to look out for yourself, your best interests, and never leave that job to anyone else, even your own husband. Number two, read the fine print ladies regarding everything that ties you two together, such as a house, cars, credit cards, bank accounts. You see, marriage between two people is by nature an agreement. So why should anything else in the marriage be less than the original agreement? Number three, loving someone fully is only possible if you love yourself fully. Don't put yourself second, 
just so they can be first. Try this. Be okay with being second to each other. The night was winding down now, and before I knew it, I was packing up my infamous banana cream pie for my friends to take home and enjoy. It was now time to clean up. And as I was tossing out the empty bottles of wine into the recycling bin, I felt a sense of loneliness wash over me as I walked back up the stairs to my front door. Even though I had just spent the evening with a few friends, they were all essentially from my ex's side. So how far would their loyalties really stretch? Apparently not far at all. I did feel bad questioning that after I had just spent the evening with them, but my gut instincts weren't far off because when the divorce was all said and done, I never really saw or became close friends with any of them after that night. It was a one-time thing. They remained the acquaintances they started out as when I was first introduced to them. You know, during these hard times and tough situations, you really do learn and figure out who your friends truly are. And it turns out it was none of them. So, what do you do when your cheerleaders, the ones you thought were your friends, the ones that you thought would stand next to one of their own, are no longer cheering for you anymore? With that in mind, we will continue next Friday with Divorce Round 1. And so it begins. Until next week, bye for now. Thank you.